Good morning, it's Monday, April 19th, and this is the Herald Review's Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other important things going on in our community. Today, according to Sheriff Mark Daniels, the Mexican cartel has threatened deputies with the Cochise County Sheriff's Office. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Before we begin, some local history. John Harris Behan served as the first sheriff of Cochise County when the county was formed back in 1881. He was sheriff during the gunfight at the O.K. Corral. Behan was known for his opposition to the Earps. And after the gunfight at the O.K. Corral, Behan testified at length against the Earps. He supported the Cowboys' statements that they had raised their hands and offered no resistance, and that the Earps and Doc Holliday had murdered three cowboys. The Earps ultimately left Tombstone under a cloud of suspicion. Behan was later arrested for graft and failed to win re-election as sheriff. Eventually, he was appointed as the warden of the Yuma Territorial Prison and had various other government jobs until his death in 1912. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson. They're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Also, the Daily Chirp podcast is giving away five Amazon Echo Dots, one every month, now through July. You can enter for your chance to win twice a day. Today's code is PUDDLES, and find the other code word in our Daily Chirp podcast alert e-newsletter. To enter the sweepstakes, go to myheraldreview.com. Again, today's code word is PUDDLES. Now our feature story. Sheriff Mark Daniels recently stated that the Mexican cartel has threatened deputies with the Cochise County Sheriff's Office. The sheriff shared the information with a small group of ranchers and homeowners gathered at the First Baptist Church in San Simone on Wednesday evening last week. The meeting aimed to help residents learn more about the situation with undocumented migrants crossing the border from Mexico. Right now what we see in our county is covert smuggling, cartels, and the cartels control it. We have a different cartel in different sections of the border. So cartels control the Sonora. Sonora cartel controls us south here in Cochise. So they're big into the smuggling. They get, they get outfitted out down in Mexico, candies, booties, water bottles, blankets, you name it. They all look like soldiers. And then they come through the border and they're covert as heck. They know if they get through Cochise County, the probability of being deported or caught is nil to none. So they'll do whatever it takes from pursuits, from smuggling through your lands, whatever it is. I was in a pursuit last Wednesday or Thursday, Tuesday, whatever it was. Um, and what they're doing what they're doing is they're coming down from Phoenix, Tucson, and they pay these folks, uh, they pull into the different Walmarts, the mall in Sierra Vista, and different parts of the county, and they wait to be called up, and they drive down, pick them up, boom, they're on the way back. Their instructions are simple. Just get the food out of Cochise County, whatever that takes. Daniels told the crowd that the Mexican cartel is extremely organized on both sides of the border, and no one crosses from Mexico into this country unless they pay a member of that organization first. He also noted that recent decisions being made in Washington, D.C. have actually empowered the cartel. We have empowered a criminal enterprise called the cartels. 
can't say that enough. We have empowered them based on the message in our Washington, D.C. You've heard me say that kind of me. I'll say to you today, that message has to change. Because when you empower, as you know, they have spotlighted and highlighted the children. And we're all sympathetic to that. But we know behind that is this very large, well-organized, and violent criminal cartel. 90% of all this drugs come through the southwest border. So you can understand why I'm so frustrated. Another focus of the conversation was on the rising number of people coming to the U.S. illegally, including unaccompanied children. In the Tucson sector, which includes Cochise County, there were encounters with 7,079 unaccompanied migrant children in March. That's up 83% from March 2020. Encounters with single migrant adults trying to enter the country illegally also jumped in the Tucson sector, with over 68,000 last month compared to just over 21,000 in March 2020. This ongoing issue has prompted several government and law enforcement entities to reach out to federal officials. Even the Western States Sheriff's Association of Laramie, Wyoming, expressed solidarity with the Southwest Border Sheriffs. Following the meeting in San Simone, we spoke with Daniels about the cartel threat, and he told us that they've had threats. They're taking safety precautions to protect Cochise County deputies. He also noted that if there are any new developments, he'll let the public know. Then, on Friday, Governor Doug Ducey announced that Arizona would take matters into its own hands. Ducey's statements came after the Arizona Department of Public Safety spotted undocumented migrants in Chandler. The state agency said it was rebuffed by both the Border Patrol and the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement when they asked for help. Ultimately, the migrants were released into Chandler. Friday morning's commute interrupted by a swarm of officials on the I-10 near Ray Road, surrounding 17 passengers sitting in the dirt. According to DPS, their trooper pulled over a car for a traffic stop, and the agency claims the trooper observed 17 undocumented migrants, so they called Border Patrol and ICE. But DPS says both agencies refused the request, so they claim DPS was forced to let everyone go. Governor Doug Ducey was not happy. Ducey said that the Biden-Harris administration needs to get its head out of the sand when it comes to the crisis at our border. In his eyes, this lack of action defies all logic and flies in the face of the law. Ducey continued to say that this administration is asleep at the switch and their total lack of action is having real consequences here in the state of Arizona. Ducey is hopeful that U.S. senators and congressional delegation will join him in calling for the president to deploy the National Guard to the border. It was then when he noted that if the federal government isn't going to do its job, then Arizona will take matters into our own hands and provide support to sheriffs and local law enforcement. To stay up to date on this story, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Are you worried about falling? At Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, we offer programs to reduce your fall risk and help you maintain independence. For a limited time, we are offering free fall risk assessments. Visit fallriskassessment.com to take one for free or go to prestigecare.com and search Sierra Vista to learn more. Now we'd like to take a moment to recognize military children as April is the month of the military child. Brought to you by Apex Network Physical Therapy in Benson and Sierra Vista. They're doing more than just treating patients. They're helping patients get back to living their daily lives. Using extensive knowledge, their therapists treat each patient one-on-one, -on -one, focusing on individual care. To learn more, go to apexnetworkpt.com. There are more than 1.6 million military children in the United States. They face unique challenges due to the service of their parents. On average, military families move every two to three years. 
forcing kids to change schools and leave their friends behind. Seven-year-old Elena Calkins doesn't fully comprehend the significance of her father's job in the U.S. Army, but as a military child, the first grader is beginning to understand that people come and go, and that a favorite house or school is not always permanent. Elena and her five-year-old sister, Gabriella, are among the hundreds of thousands of military children around the world who are honored each April by the Department of Defense during the month of the military child. The event was created in the mid-1980s by then-Secretary of Defense Caspar Weinberger. The Pentagon and other military support organizations and agencies use the month to recognize military children for their sacrifice and bravery on the home front. While a lot of military youngsters get to live in places that many adults would never see, the constant change and upheaval can often be emotionally taxing. But military parents say the moves can also build resiliency. That's what Army 1st Sergeant Michael Hull, who was stationed at Fort Huachuca, says about his two sons. Hull says his boys have always embraced the moves and the adventures that come with them. But the Hull children are about to experience a bit more permanency in their young lives. In June, Hull completes his second year at Fort Huachuca. The 41-year-old soldier plans to retire and stay in Tucson. His oldest son started high school there two years ago, and he wants to see him finish. His youngest is in fifth grade. Meanwhile, the Calkins sisters are just getting started on their adventure. Their father, Army Major Robert Calkins, the battalion executive officer in the 309th Military Intelligence Battalion at Fort Huachuca, said moving to the installation almost three years ago was the first significant move experienced by his daughters. Calkins said he's starting to see resiliency in both his children. They now understand when he has to finish work at home after a long day, or if he's going to be a little late picking them up at the after-school center on the installation. But neither child can really understand the gravity of his work or that he commands 850 soldiers. When he gets home, he's just dead. Next, an upcoming event in our community that you should know about, brought to you by our sponsors, Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative. You are probably spending a lot more quality time at home these days, keeping you and your family safe. And that can present some opportunities that you usually don't experience, like maybe laughing together at a funny movie, or screaming together at a scary movie, pitching in to make a special dinner, or maybe you're keeping in touch with friends and relatives and other places on your devices. And it just so happens that many of the activities we're sharing with each other are made possible by electricity. At Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, we know that you are depending on us, both for fun and serious needs. And we want you to know that we're here for you day and night, sunshine or storm, easygoing times or trying times like now, making sure you're getting the power that you need every day to meet your needs. For over 85 years, through all kinds of tough times, we've been there for our members. And even though you may not see us, we're here for you now. Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, owned by those we serve. Music, art, and tacos. Six great bands, local artists, and tacos. Not bad for a Tuesday. Head over to the John Quill Motel tomorrow starting at 4 p.m. for live music by Juniper Gin, Tapestries, Alex Wilkerson, John and Eli Beach, Horny Siren, and Bad Shaman. Primo's Outlaw Tacos will be slinging delicious grub, and La Fortuna will be on site with premium herbals and ethnobotanicals. Don't miss out on the live art and artisan goodies. The event is BYOB, and don't forget your masks, please. Suggested cover is between $5 and $10 to support the arts in Bisbee. 
Finally, today we're remembering the life of Steve Whitecotton of Hereford. Steve was born in Blytheville, Arkansas in 1952. Raised in Kaiser, Arkansas, he was a 1971 graduate of Rivercrest High School and attended Arkansas Tech University. In 1973, Steve joined the United States Air Force and proudly served his country for 15 years, attaining the rank of Technical Sergeant before transferring to the Army in 1988, serving for 10 years. He was a Gulf War veteran, serving in the 1st Armored Division, and retired with the rank of Chief Warrant Officer too. Steve enjoyed riding his motorcycle, had his pilot's license, enjoyed scuba diving as a master diver, tinkering in his shop on projects, and working on his farm. His smile and laughter will be missed by everyone who knew and loved him, especially those closest. Thank you for taking a moment with us today to remember and celebrate Steve's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. Join us again on Tuesday. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. For more information on any of the stories you heard about today, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Right now, you can become a member starting at just $1.99 per week. We also encourage you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. We asked, you answered. What is your motive for joining this forum? Neighbor Wayne said, I like the fact it's monitored and has real journalism input. The primary reason is that respectful communication is mandatory and we have it. It's hometown content. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com.